0: is going on it's your boy steve real name no gimmicks welcome to another installment of conversations that matter i am so completely enthused to be here this evening i just want to give a quick business announcement please make sure to like share and subscribe on all the platforms youtube facebook and twitch and also greenwood and if you're catching this on the replay, I do appreciate you for tuning in. Tonight, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest by the name of Public Friend. Someone who I think has an amazing story that I cannot wait to hear. Public just concluded their show on Green Room, a great interview with a former Green Room. gonna go ahead and bring public in now let's go ahead and do it public how are you hey
1: should i should i wear
0: headphones um only if you want to Okay. <laughs> only if you want to how i'm just not sure if there's
1: it? got like an echo or something
0: no 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 there's no echo you sound great you sounded great on your show as well i just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that just jumped in and on green room izzy sean and andrew welcome in this your boy steve real name no gimmicks conversations that matter shout out to mrs hold up uh for holding it down in the chat she will be (laughs) jumping in to kick anyone out that needs to be exited from this fine establishment public i just want to say before we get started your live just ended
1: (laughs) Ah, hold on hold on hold on let me mute this um i just requested to join your little green room and then i'll mute myself on there
0: All right, let me go ahead and do that. Boom.
1: Okay, cool. All right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little like, um, exhausted. It's not the right word. But just like, I mean, I'm sure you know this, like after like having a conversation with somebody, you just feel a little drained. So
0: Yep, yeah, but yep. here we are, <laughs> and that's exactly why I was happy to do this interview directly after you. <laughs> I
1: feel like you're sabotaging me.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Public Exposed. <laughs> you, next time you look on YouTube, it's just a picture of you with two horns. Oh God. <laughs> I, I can't believe Public said this. No, 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 no. So, you know, the premise of conversation that matters. This yeah. is a show where I invite people on that I find interesting. I want to hear their backstory, I want to hear about the content, what got them. To the place where they're at today and you're someone that jumped out at me immediately I remember our first interaction was obviously in one of mantis' streams and we were going uh, you and I weren't going back and forth but there was a group topic in regards to uh you know dynamics and relationships and stuff like that and I always respect people who stand 10 toes down and say no this is my opinion I'm willing to uh you know articulate my opinion and here's some things some other things I want to throw in there and so instantly I was like oh I like public you, know, you remember I, what I said? Oh uh, no, no, no! It was a, it was an attack against Mantis. So you know, I let that stuff fly. <laughs> right as long as yeah. as long as it's Mantis getting attacked, it has nothing yeah. to do with me. But I be really I good. actually remember we were talking about um, the dynamics between. I, I believe somehow Red Pill conversation came up, mm-hmm. and you know, we were talking just about dynamics between. Uh, men and women, relationship dynamics, and you had assumed the affirmative. We're like, hey, here are some things that you need to look at, actually. And then the yeah. conversation shifted into uh, somehow the legal system.
1: Yeah, because we were talking about Cuomo.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. We don't say that name on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> but ever since that conversation, I was just like, man, I, I, I enjoyed it when you uh, announced that you were going to be doing uh, work on Green Room. I was one of the first people that got really excited, but I, I don't want to steal your story from you. So will you just introduce yourself to the people for the record? Who are you? Where do you come from? How did you get started?
1: All right. Um, well, I'm public friend. Um, that's kind of what I go by now. Um, I have had different uh, aliases um, throughout just like my time on the internet. Um, the other alias that I also go by is chicken runt. Um, That's kind of what most of my friends (laughs) know me as. Um, And that's like the alias I had for the longest before public friend, I had to, um, I had to come up with something that was a little more not family friendly, but just like, interview, interviewing at a new job friendly, like if people found, looked me up or found out, you know, that I had like any content online, it needed to be something just a little more like tame. Um, And chicken was not that. So I'm now public friend, um, which is just more like general. And um, I've talked about the story behind that name before, but um, it's basically just this, um, it's a a historical example of like a non-binary person um, figuring out a clever way to exist in the world that they existed in um and you can look it up it's a really great story um but I just took a lot of inspiration from from learning about them and um I think it's just a really cool like name like public friend of like a universal it public is. Friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is
1: so that's me um I what do you want to know I don't know it's just like
0: Oh, don't worry. I'll, we'll, we'll get there. So let's uh, let's 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 start here. First, okay. let me just give a shout out to you for the uh, the great conversation you just had with Olsa. And uh, I really enjoyed the topic around money and the attachment to it. Uh, it's it's interesting. One of the most misquoted things you'll ever hear people say is, well, the Bible says that money is the root of evil. I'm like, no, actually, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think you guys got into that yeah. very well, the way people handle money. So I just wanted to give you a shout out.
1: Thanks. For everything yeah, you're doing on Green well. room. This is great.
0: So let me ask you this question. Without doxing yourself, where'd you grow up? Give us a little background yeah. on that.
1: So I grew up in the Central Valley of California. Okay um do you know anything about the central valley california yes i do (laughs) uh
0: nothing that i'm going to discuss on air but (laughs) i i do know about them them central valley streets
1: (laughs) yeah so um let's see central valley is like all farm towns and um lots of crops lots of like suburbs Um the majority of the population is divided into two groups. There's like the people who work on all the farms. And then there's like the people who own all the farms. And that's kind of how the kids are segregated as well. So um, I happen to not be part of either of those groups. The only reason my family lived in the Central Valley is because my dad um, is a music producer. And uh, where I lived, was, like, right in between LA and San Francisco, and so it was, like, a cheap place to have a studio where musicians could come and record and not have to, like, you know, pay super high rent in LA or super high rent in San Francisco, so that's kind of the only reason we lived there, Um, and I was just, like, raised in this very, like, traditional American, like, very republican world um but my family was like completely not that and like didn't really lean any direction or or like they were just like themselves and they had like their own ideas but um it did feel like my household was like a little island in this kind of very like i don't know western like deep south vibes like it's, central valley is wild and it's definitely like really conservative and um it's really what i think people think of when you say something is american you know
0: it's funny because uh, for it to be that conservative the, what i do know about central valley is is a copious amount of methamphetamine is pumped oh, yeah. there and uh, it's amazing that it has this conservative streak and some of those people that have that conservative streak are also the largest consumers in that area. It's actually, it's a sad tale, as you know, the uh, substance abuse rate there for the area it is. And for it to be, I don't want to say rural because it's not a rural area, but for it to be...
1: Yeah, it's weirdly rural, though, because it's all farms. So right. it feels like, like growing up, the f- the funnest thing you could go do was go to the movies or go to the mall. Like there wasn't any like recreation, there wasn't any... Like, I don't know. You couldn't go hiking. You couldn't go to, like, any cool scene. Like, there just aren't scenes. Like, it's just all dead. And there's, like, outlet malls and, you know, cow farms.
0: (laughs) But those type of areas produce some of the best people to create scenes. Historically, when you look at stuff like uh, look at a band like Joy Division, right? Look at where they came from in England. There was nothing mm-hmm. there. It was a factory town, and they ate, they were a part of the biggest new wave proto, like right. you know, post punk or pre punk, however you want to quantify it era ever. So don't yeah. sleep on the rural towns. But let me just backtrack a little bit. So growing up in that kind of conservative environment, that cultural conservative environment, what was that like for you?
1: Um, I don't think I really like gave a shit about the like the situation like the culture um until i was able to leave and then i was able to see like how much i was missing out on i was able to see like how um how much I was not being, like, authentically myself. Um, I didn't move out of that area until I was 16 um, when my parents finally, like, separated. And then my mom, my sibling, and I moved to the Bay Area, which is, like, night and day when you think of, like environment (laughs) completely (laughs) completely opposite and that's when I really started like feeling like I could thrive and like find out who I am and like all these like coming of age you know um experiences um and that's when I was like damn like Central Valley sucks like I hated it there I didn't really feel like myself like a lot of my friendships um were you know fickle because they were based on this like version of myself that
0: was not real. What do you know when you say, and remember, we talked about this pre-show man, and uh, I appreciate you for coming on, uh, just like with DaVinki shout out to my co-host DaVinki and, uh, ElWapo shout out to my, my brother ElWapo. When I bring people on, it's an opportunity for them to share themselves. So the comfortab- comfortability level is set by you. So when you say you didn't feel like authentic, authentically yourself, what does that mean for the, the listening audience?
1: Yeah. So that, that means a lot of things. And it's something that I think is continuing to evolve. Um, when I say authentically myself, um, so growing up, I've always been like, um, I would say like conditioned to be, um, like the perfect person for whoever I'm, interacting with. So, um, you know, if if joining a certain friend group meant I had to be a certain way, I was going to be that. Okay. If, um, like, there was a class that I needed to do well in, like, I would just become that, like, student that, like, that teacher would like, right? Like, I will say the right things, I will just do, like, and I was very, um, like, just... Uh, a shell of a person that could mold to be like whatever the person I'm trying to get close to needed and it wasn't something that I did like maliciously like I wasn't trying to get anything out of it but I just really wanted to belong and I wanted to feel like I was part of whatever it is that was going on right so that's kind of how I was like living my life as a child um, with my friends um there were friends that like I had that were I was really close to and I would definitely like be myself more around them. And, um, it's not like I was like not at all myself, but I didn't really know like when it came down to it. And if I had to like sit down and write like who I was, like it was really difficult for me to do that because I was like so many different versions of myself with different people. And the main reason for that is, um, just the way that my parents like were and what they expected. Um, So anyway, after uh, my parents like got separated and we moved to the Bay Area, I was able to start um, so fresh that I was like, well, now it doesn't matter. Like what these people think like doesn't even matter because I don't know any of these people. Um, It doesn't matter if I sit alone at lunch because they don't even know who I am. Like there's just no context there. There's no expectation. And even though like at home, I still kind of had to be the person that was expected of me, um, in the outside world, I could finally try like, okay, I'm just gonna like be me. I'm just gonna do what I want and we'll see how that goes. Um, And since then, it's just kind of been like a constant, like, okay, is this layer really me or is this something that I'm doing um, because I think it's expected of me or whatever. And like, I'm always trying to question these different layers and trying to reach a point where I at least feel at peace with the, uh, version of, of myself that I'm going around and and showing people. And I feel like there's some consistency there and I'm constantly trying to figure it out. It's like, you know, it's a really complex, like constantly evolving, like dilemma to deal with. But, um, it's like one of my, I guess life goals to always be like conscious of it and trying to reach that like level of authenticity that i think is impossible because i think humans are always like changing and you know one one, t- one day you might like this genre of music and one day you might like this one but I just like trying to check in and be like am i doing this because i just want people to think i'm cool or am i doing this because i think it's cool you know
0: Right. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. And the pursuit of being authentic, it's it's interesting because you can become false trying to be overly authentic. Like you can get lost in that in that entire yeah. thing. So, yeah. So when you, you move to the Yay area, shout out to the Yay area and that, oh. that whole cultural burst for you. Tell us about your formative years and growing up and how things continue to change for you. Before we get into your content and everything, I just want to establish who this amazing person is that's sitting here in front of me. So share with the audience.
1: That's such a big question. Um, Okay. So then when I moved to the Bay area, um, I was, I was just able to be a loner. That was really what I think like um, made a huge impact on me. Um, No, like I said, no one knew who I was. So I just didn't feel this like pressure. Like I didn't feel any peer pressure. I didn't feel any, um, like, I just didn't give a shit about the social hierarchies and structures of the school that I was going to. Um, and so I was a loner. I spent a lot of time. Um, that's when I really got in touch with like, um, some of, some of the, the things that I would then continue to incorporate into my art. Um, I started thinking about, um, know more existential things i started thinking about sexuality and gender and um i went through (laughs) at the same time i was going through a really intense christian phase um like really intense um so i guess this is probably a really big thing that i'm skipping over um okay so when we moved to the bay area i have uh, an uncle who's a pastor at a southern baptist christian church and so we started going to his church, um, and at first um, I was like, "So like, I don't want to go. Like, this is stupid. Like, I don't like these people." And I was like really, um, like rebellious about it. Um, but they were really nice to my family. I- we needed a lot of help. Like we had just um, gotten out of a really bad situation. And so they were really welcoming and they helped us a lot. And, um, they found out that I like to play drums. And so they were like, Hey, like, do you want to come play drums at the worship, like with the worship group or whatever? And I was like, okay, sure. And eventually just started like meeting some of the kids and like feeling part of the community. Um, and at that time was also because I was spending so much time alone when we weren't at church. Like I didn't really have any friends at school and um, my family's um, home was like next to this really beautiful trail. And so I would go out there on my bike after school, like every day and just like write and think about stuff and just like be like emo. (laughs) So, (laughs) so um at, at the time, I was having all these existential, like, you know, experiences going to and also going to this church and having experiences where I was, like, th- this is God talking to me, you know? Like, this is, like, just, like, profound, like, um, like, moments of enlightenment and, and things like that. And so the only f- reference I had or, like, the only framework that um, – I could apply to those experiences was what I was learning at the church. Okay. So that combined with that kind of sealed the deal for me. And I just like went all in. And that's something that is um, just part of my personality is like when I like something, I'm going to go all in like. I'm going to become obsessed with it. I'm going to go all in. I'm just going to like, you know, become the thing. And like, we, we mentioned this earlier that I like have that tendency. So I was like all in, um, you know, playing drums for the worship group and going to Bible studies and like, just like really like wanting to be the best Christian that I could be. (laughs) Oh, so cringy. The, The things that I did were very cringy. Um, and, and and I say cringy because I think it was like inauthentic, you know, I think that I was just like really overwhelmed with the feeling of community. And I was, um, like process, processing these really like complex emotions and experiences and was just kind of like, felt like this was it. And I was like, going to do it like a hundred percent. Um, so that was also going on while I was like being a, uh, emo artist and just looking around and like um I I also had all these ideas that like when I leave the house like I'm gonna do drugs I'm gonna like do everything like I'm gonna be a hoe like I'm just gonna like (laughs) I'm just gonna like do everything bad because um for my whole life I was like so obsessed with being like per like the perfect child and being so supportive to uh for my mom and just like making sure that the house was like taken care of and making sure that everything was in order and um things were like you know that my sibling was supported and like just trying really hard to be an adult and to be like this like all-encompassing like perfect person Mm -hmm. um that when i moved out i had all these ideas that i was just gonna like go like buck wild um at the same time, I was like, I'm also going to be a Christian. I don't know how that will work out, but I'm going to, like, try to make it work. <laughs> um, eventually, uh, well, I mean, I got baptized. Um, all my friends were just my friends from the church. Um, yeah, it was. we would go on retreats. It was just, like, it was my life, um, aside from, like, just whatever other, like, artsy bullshit I was doing. And then um, I went to college. I went to San Francisco State. Um, and after I had that um, distance from the church, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what? None of Like, I have not lived enough to make such a huge commitment like that. Like, I have not. I, I took a religious studies class and. Um, I learned about Hinduism, and I learned about um, Islam, and I, I learned about Satanism, and I just, like, started realizing that I jumped into something so fucking hard and so fast without really exploring my options and without really thinking about if that was, like you know if if that was really what i wanted to do and i couldn't fathom not doing it a hundred percent like i couldn't fathom like being a half-assed christian in my in my head i had these like you know either you're like a christian or you're not right right so um having that distance really um just kind of like pulls me away from from that world um i also realized that i wasn't straight and um throughout Like growing up, it's something that I kind of, I never knew a gay person until I moved to San Francisco. So for me, like, even though I had these like strong feelings and like, you know, like uh, I was experiencing gay feelings growing up, but I didn't like, just couldn't even imagine that I could be gay, because I didn't know any gay people, no one in my family was gay, like, it just was not, um, I was like, well, not me, right, like, I would not be gay, like, people can be gay, but I'm definitely not, Um, so when I moved to college, I just had, like, the room to, like, ask myself these questions, and not consider my family, not consider my church, not consider the people that I was giving myself to, to be like, great for them, right? Even though in the Bay Area, I didn't have, you know, all my friends and stuff that kind of played into that. um, When I was younger, I still had the church, I still had my family, I still was kind of like being this person that I knew they wanted me to be. So once I was alone, I was like, all right, like, let's start really like asking these questions. Let's start um, looking for answers and, and meeting different people. And like, just trying to expand the reference points of what I think exists in the world. Because one thing that um, I was constantly realizing is like, your world is so fucking small, like you don't know shit, you know? So why are you like making all these like (laughs) life-changing decisions and, and jumping into things and like being um, so all in to stuff that like you haven't even fully like understood how they fit into the context of the world and how they're going to like affect you as a person. Um, So I kind of like stopped. um, I stopped thinking about, I I stopped like thinking that I would find like the thing that makes it all click. Mm, So like I'm going to, like, explore, and I'm going to look into things, and I'm going to think about things, and I'm going to let myself, like, evolve and try to figure myself out and, like, like let things, like, flow, but I'm going to try to just take a break from, like, the truth. I know this is... <laughs> We, we, yeah, I know you like to talk about the truth. What do you do? <laughs> I mean, no um, I'm just gonna stop like, trying click. to like make it all click like, and like find the truth and like find like okay, this is it. This is this is me. This is like the thing, you know, because um, that's just kind of how I grew up thinking that like you're gonna find the thing, you're gonna, it's all gonna click, you're gonna find the truth, and then like everything's just gonna like take off from there, right? Like that's just this like idea I had, um, and so. Yeah,
0: go ahead. I'm you know, I'm not oh, you, you throw your headphones head in. There's, There's a neck up.
1: up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: <problem. laughs> um okay. Those Those
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, you did not interrupt me. Um hold on, because these are bluetooth. So I have to
0: I Anyone that's on YouTube, that's a, Twitch, go ahead and It's free. It's free. And I want to thank everyone here in green room. Hello. Yeah.
1: All right, man. I'm yeah. rambling. Do you want to like well, uh, hey, you, steer you, the actually, conversation somewhere, or
0: <laughs> no? No, actually, you're not rambling because you're just giving backstory. It's always funny to me though when uh, when people come on this show and they they just. They, they, you guys, oh, you, you all do the same thing. You're like I'm rambling. I'm like, no, I asked yeah. you about your, your past, and you're giving me a yeah. story about the past. It's just a know.
1: lot, you know. It's no, a it's lot, true. and memories are weird. And, um, you know, I, I do want to say like disclaimer. Like, I'm somebody who um doesn't always think before they speak. So I just like not everything I say is like. I'm, I'm putting this out there. Not everything I say is 100 percent the truth. I'll say that. Like there is going to be, you know, I might say something else another day. Like, I think this or I think that. And that's just that's just how I am.
0: No, so no. Um, <laughs> I do want to backtrack. I just want to ask a question for, uh, for context. When you were involved in the church when you were younger, typically when I hear people bring up their church experience, it's always associated with like a church hurt. And that's something I always acknowledge. I, I despise when people pretend as if things don't happen to people that going yeah. to church and maybe that's why they stopped attending. I'm not saying that's your story but was there anything like that in there or was it just kind of like, hey, I'm doing this because this is what I'm in proximity of right now versus there was a pain and if, if there was a pain and you're comfortable talking about it that's okay. And if you're not, that's okay too. Um, you know, there wasn't.
1: Not not like that. Like, obviously, like, there were a lot of uh, points of tension. Uh, because even though, like, I try to be this, like, perfect person, whatever, like, you know, what I said. Um, like, it's not like I don't speak my mind. And it's not like I don't have opinions. And it's not like I don't have, like, a personality. Like, I do have a personality. And um, I've always been, like, pro, at least
0: pro, like,
1: gay people queer people lgbtq people having rights and um i don't think there's anything wrong with having gay sex like i just that's just the bottom line of what i believe and um at the church, at church i was willing I was to accept that that, that not might not be true not but the level of homophobia that was at my was church was hurtful to, hurtful to hurtful me to because, because i didn't, didn't want to feel, feel like, like i was part of, of that, that energy, energy. um, um not, because not because at the time energy. Energy. Um, um, not not because because i didn't feel like, like well because i'm gay but i definitely was like i don't want to be like i love gay people
0: go ahead your headphones. <laughs> made oh no. You sound no. Like a, ro- a robot? <laughs> 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 um, does it still, still sound like that? like that? Yeah, it still sounds like that. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. oh my God. Okay,
1: okay. Okay, <laughs> um... okay. It's weird because it says that my <laughs> microphone is only from, from, from my Mac. Mac. What about we'll now?
0: Disordered yeah that's perfect that's perfect. okay cool there you go <laughs> uh so go could go. you
1: understand what i was saying
0: yeah I, I caught the portion about uh about homophobia about homophobia that you you felt like you're experiencing in a church if you want to pick it up from there
1: yeah um and it was hurtful for me i didn't want to i didn't want to hate gay people <laughs> and i didn't want to like feel like i was part of um part of a community that hated gay people um on top of that you know at the time um i i was not identifying as non-binary so i was walking around you know representing women and being all like pro women and stuff i'm still pro pro women women are the best gender um and There was a lot of misogyny, and a lot of, like, well, you know, women have to hang out with women, and men have to be with the men, and, like, just, like, weird shit like that, that always rubbed me the wrong way, but that's all it was. It was, like, it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I might go home and cry about it, but I would still come back to church, you know, the next Sunday, and, like, just accept that that was... that I needed to change the way that I thought about things, and try to understand, like the truth. Um, Once I had the separation, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's, I don't want to think about the world that way, and I don't think that that's the truth, and I don't, like, I think that the feelings I was having were valid, and I should listen to you know, um, that, that essence inside of me that's saying, like, do you really want to do this? Like, do you, is this really you? I, I don't think I was questioning it enough, and that's what, like, really made me, um, move on from, from that phase in my life, rather than, you know, this one really terrible thing
0: happened, and it, like, scarred me, so, there wasn't that kind of thing. No, 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 I get, I get that, and, you you're in public. I'm gonna tell you right now. You're gonna you're gonna hate me, but it's only because people are really 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 enthralled with the conversation. Just go ahead and take your headphones off, man. Something something <laughs> bad has happened right now. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everyone is super super involved, and we appreciate you. Shout out to everyone that's here enjoying the conversation. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And also make sure to go on Green Room. And follow public friend. Make sure you follow public everywhere public is. Public has a very stressed look on public's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, It's like
1: okay. Is that better?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Folks, we're just um, gonna, have we're gonna deal, have to deal, with deal with that. We're gonna deal. We're gonna that. deal with it. Yeah,
1: maybe I'll like I'll lower the volume and I'll just get closer, so did. I can still hear it. So as uh, you move away from
0: the, the, church, the church experience, experience and you're, and in, you're college in college, and, uh, and you're coming, you're coming into, your, into your... Did you come, did you come, out, come out officially, or how or was that process, process like?
1: um, So it took a long time. It took years. Um, I came out pretty late in life. Um, So once I knew that I wasn't straight, I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And... Um, I started going, uh, okay, so when I went to college, I was studying film, and, um, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, that was, like, my, um, just, like, my main thing, ever since I was little, I was, like, making movies with, like, um, my family's cameras, and, um, just, like, I knew that I wanted to make videos, I didn't know what kind, I didn't know if they were gonna be movies, I didn't know they were going to be documentaries or whatever but I just knew I wanted to work with the video so I was studying film um and I was working on a friend's film who um his somehow like he met this guy who didn't go to our school and was um doing art direction for him and I was gonna be assisting the friend who was one of like the biggest assholes I've ever met. Like I do not fuck with this person. Like he's an asshole, he's abusive, he's terrible, terrible person. Um, But because of him, I met uh, like other um, nightlife San Francisco people. And once I got into San Francisco nightlife, it was queer nightlife. So gay bars and drag shows and all of that. Um, That's when I, I started meeting so many different kinds of people that it just like it blew my mind and it opened my eyes to like i said like these bigger possibilities of expression and like living life like styles of of, like lifestyles um and so once i was in that it was always like a work thing like i was always like working the door at a party or i was like assisting drag queens in the back room or you know i was always trying to make a buck like that's just kind of how i um like wormed my way in um but it it was like so life-changing for me i made so many friends i like was able to just (sighs) i remember the first time that i walked into a queer bar um so so here's the thing about queer nightlife there's Like, the stuff that, um, like, if you go to San Francisco and you go to the Castro, that's where all the gay bars are, and that's really fun, um, and, you know, it's a good time, and it's kind of touristy, and you see all, like, the buff guys, and the drag queens, and, like, it's really, like, picturesque and, and great, um, but that's, like, I don't know, it's, like, the tourist trap of, like, gay nightlife, like, the vibe there is so different from if you go to what would be considered like a queer bar or a queer club where all types of people are welcome the vibe at gay bars is like we just want we're men and we want men and we want men to come here and if you're not a man like get the fuck out right and mostly you know white men so that's kind of the vibe um but but the first time i walked into a queer space it was a queer nightlife space this, um, club called The Stud, which is, like, just a legendary, um, collective. It was, like, the first, like, uh, co-op owned bar in the country or some shit like that, and the first time I walked in there, the feeling of, uh, so I was, like, all dolled up. At the time, I had, really long hair and I used to wear heels and um, like shit ton of makeup and and whatever and I had like big earrings and stuff and I walked in and just the feeling of like I don't know like relief like it's hard to explain it's like it was relief it was um, it was similar to the feeling I got when I moved and and went to school um, in the Bay Area and I was like nobody here knows me and they're not projecting any like um preconceived notions onto me because they don't know who i am right walking into this queer space like and seeing so many different types of people and not feeling like anyone was looking at me and looking at me as a woman because everyone there was all Fucked up, like, not on drugs, also on drugs, but, like, fucked up in their expression, like, you couldn't walk up to somebody and assume that they are a man or a woman, like, it's just, you know, like, people are, they could be wearing a wig, they could be, um, you know dressed up for a gig or or they are like a feminine person but you don't know if they identify as a woman you don't know if they identify as a man like this, just like that kind of stuff is just like thrown out the window and just nobody really makes assumptions and walking into that space like you I felt like such a it was a liberating moment and I was like I want to feel like that all the time like why don't I feel like this all the time, why, why is this different from how I feel walking around every day, or walking into a straight club, or walking into a gay bar, because if you walk into a gay bar as a woman, the vibes are not good, like, you're, you're getting stared at, you're, like, you know, I had gotten pulled aside and told, like, you know, you're not supposed to be here, like, this is, like, a place for men, like, blah, 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 and that's, like, problematic on its own but just like this feeling that um that i could just be a a person and be dolled up and be feminine without um being judged it's not even judged because you could still walk into a queer place and get judged like if your outfit is shit like you're probably gonna get judged you know but it's like projected onto you know
0: let me ask you a question. For those, for those who are uninitiated, uninitiated, let's, let's say, say you're, explaining you're explaining this to someone alien, alien in the near future. Yeah. Same question I asked. Let's, ex- ex- let's, ex- let's give, give definition, definition to the term. term. What, what does, does it does mean, queer?
1: Queer just means that you're not straight. Okay. Okay. So a straight person only has sex with the opposite sex, right? So if you, if you have a penis and you only have sex with... um vaginas and i would say you're straight um that also could mean different things to different people you know there are straight men that um will date uh people that identify as women that don't have um you know the opposite sex genitals and that doesn't mean that they're not straight so they're like it's really hard to explain it like black and white but i would say that at the very like minimum that's what it means like if you're not straight then you're queer unless you say you're not unless you're like no i'm not queer i'm gay you know
0: okay so there's there's, there's there's a hard 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 definition definition. like like, there is a a distinction like between between someone who expresses as as queer queer and someone. someone says they're gay
1: yeah i think so and i think it's more so that the gay person sets themselves apart from queerness rather than the queer person setting themselves apart from gayness does that make sense
0: yeah yeah i understand you explain it, it. so, in so a, in a, the reason the i asked you that is, is uh, so we so can we get your experience on it i, I want, want to hear, hear because because one thing i respect about you most in our interactions you know that you know my beliefs but, yeah, but here's the funny, here's the thing. funny thing you've, you've never, been, never been judgmental about my brain structure, yeah, right? right? Yeah, you've, you've never, never been, been in a in way, a way toward towards where me, it's like, 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 oh, Steve, you old funny, duddy, duddy. <laughs> <laughs> where does that level of acceptance come from?
1: Um, I mean, I think it comes from like this, this part of my life, you know, that, um. I, I take people's word for whatever they say they are, and that's as far as I think about it, you know? Like, I think that, um, one of the things that has really, like, expanded my worldview is meeting different people that, um, the way I think about them is, like, you know those, um, so, uh, I don't know if you ever played with dolls, but... Um, there are some games that have, like, there's, like, a doll and then you can, like, mix the different clothes and the different outfits and stuff, right? Like, I feel like I've just met people that are the living embodiment of that. Like, they're just, like, so, like, all these things that you might think are contradictions. Like, they live and breathe it, and that is just who they are, and you just cannot deny it. You're in their presence. That is what they, like, they do it so well, and they just are that, that like whenever I I meet a new person out in the scene and they tell me that, you know, their name is like, (laughs) I don't know, Um, you know, they tell me their name is microwave and I'm gonna call them microwave. Like that's just, I have no problem with that. And it doesn't, I think that that doesn't take away their humanity and I don't think that that takes away their, um, their, I I dig it because I'm like, okay, well, if you have the, um, the audacity, if you have the courage to just, like, fucking tell me your name is Microwave, then your name is Microwave, and I, I dig that, I'm into that. So, for, you know, anyone who's, whose belief system might be something that, you know, doesn't work for me, I still dig it, especially if, as a person, like, you treat me with respect and you always have if you didn't respect me I wouldn't respect you back but you've always like I definitely let people show me if um if they are good people you know I might have a first impression of you um my first impression of you I think you you told me that um well we were talking about uh false accusations (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> false accusations of sexual assault that's a really controversial like <laughs> topic to discuss as people who have never met each other um and i may have had some thoughts you know you came on really strong and you were like <laughs> you were like having some really strong opinions but i was like i don't know this person i'm just gonna see like i'm gonna you know let them show me what they're about and you did and that's it
0: i'm gonna meet you, my Why answer so the thing about that is uh, it's funny because that's the one thing I, one of many things I share with the people in my space, in my circles, I'll just put your finger up if you can hear me public. You can. Okay. One of the things is I will respect facts, right? And I will respect the person for standing on their at a 10 toes. I may not believe in a subjective truth, but I will believe a person when they share their experience with me because, it, you know, it comes from my old career path. I listen to people and I want to hear because there are reasons that people worldviews. formed world views based off of their life experiences and so i'm just not going to throw all that out i'm always going to sit down and listen to people i think that the thing that um i enjoy most about listening to your content when we and we're going to get there in a second is the fact that it is a place for people to come and enjoy so the show is called probing you know you're probing people you're asking people questions and in that does that come from a natural curiosity? Where does that all stem from? And tell us how you came up with the concept? And I'll unmute you and <laughs> all
1: right um well, um, I wanted a show where I could have like one person on um I have a hard time uh like listening to different people at the same time and whatever. so i didn't I didn't want to do that. I just wanted one person that I find interesting and, um, just sit them down and talk to them. That is one thing that I have, it's been consistent my whole life. Um, I love one-on-one time with people. I love like, you know, sitting down with somebody and getting high and like talking about our lives and like, just like bonding in that way and, um, asking them questions and, um, yeah, just, like, deep diving on people, so that's, that's, like, the main goal that I wanted, um, the probing you thing is just because, I don't know, it sounds scandalous, <laughs> it sounds, there's a little bit of a euphemism in there, which I always love, um, you know, that's, like, my sense of humor, I like, that. I just like being chaotic, um, and, uh, the, the whole, like, universe i'm building in my head is this kind of like pubs.com universe and so if pubs.com was a website what are the different like tabs that you could press so so the the vibe is like cybery but very like um uh i don't know like just .com cybery like internet vibes like i love um one of the things that i really wanted to do um, and just like my chill streams is just like surf the web and look up interesting shit and like go down rabbit holes so that was kind of like where I was going and I was like okay what's like cybery and like a little scary little like I want people to feel like I'm gonna be interrogating them um, and so that's kind of where that went um, but the, the truth is I'm not interrogating anyone I'm just sitting down to like talk to them and find out more about them but I felt like if the um if the vibe was scandalous, people are more likely to come listen.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, because it's funny, you just uh recommended how I just, how DaVinci and I just switch up our show to make sure <laughs> that was actually a good suggestion. Tell people to come where they're going to, they're racist. And I was like, you know what? That might actually work. But as you get into the the, the content and uh, I'm we're going to switch back to more personal stuff, you just did a, uh, you did a segment with Mantis. Now this is what really cued me into you. The way people handle each other is what I'm always paying attention to, right? Especially when they have deferring worldviews. And you asked Mantis questions about, you know, his, uh, his beliefs, about his beliefs as a Christian. And I respected the fact, one, that you were genuine, right? You didn't. You weren't disingenuous with the questions. And two, you fearlessly asked these questions. As you move deeper into content creation, how do you plan on navigating those waters? Because... It's one thing to have us all, like, in our click talking. Like, you and I are having a good conversation and we, you know, we're familiar with each other, right? And, you know, we have projects that we're going to be working on with each other. I know that someday that I'm going to have a conversation with someone that I'm not familiar with. And the same thing is going to happen to you. What's the plan at that point, And what do you think you'll do?
1: To be honest, I don't think that that will happen because I don't plan on having anybody that I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan on having anyone that I don't like on the show. Um, But that really is how I'm approaching it. It's like I I do not just in like our little like green room like community, but um, I'm hoping to develop a muscle where I feel confident bringing on people that um, I know in different circles. And like I've I will feel like I can handle the it's mostly like a logistics thing, you know, like I don't want to be like all flustered and having audio issues when when somebody who doesn't stream comes on to my show. But I I plan on dipping into the pool of all the amazing people that I know. And so there's just, like, this... I, I want it to feel like a conversation between friends. I want it to feel like we're hanging out, like I said. Like, my ideal way to get to know somebody is just, like, one-on-one hangouts. Like, that's what I want to to use this, like, medium to do um, publicly. And so I, I don't think I'll be having... I'm not looking to debate, I'm not looking to, um, it's not that I don't want to understand other perspectives, I definitely do, but if I don't like you, if I don't think you're cool, like, it'll be fake, right? And I just don't, that's not what I I want to do. I don't want to be like censoring myself and like, I genuinely want to get to know you if you're on the show, so, yeah.
0: We're doing the juggle here, folks. I gotta make sure my mic's off before I come in. No, I mean that makes sense. That makes total sense. And uh, you know, I, I've chosen I've chosen a different path, but that's just where I'm at because there are certain things that I feel like if we don't get to a place where we're able to have conversations, so like one of the reasons I wanted to do the show with DaVinci was that it's clear, let's be honest. Like, I respect DaVinci, I like DaVinci, and you know, I'll go to war for DaVinci, where you know, I consider us friends. We don't agree on a great deal. We just agree that there are evil things in play. I would say that you and I probably wouldn't agree on a bunch of things, but we would agree that people should treat each other with a monicum of respect, be decent to each other, don't harm anyone, don't unnecessarily thrash. But another thing that I've really come to enjoy about you, Public, is that you're your voice is deceptive, right? The first time I heard you speak, I was like, oh, Public is a very, very, very gentle person. But you picked some of the most aggressive music to put into my request box live. And I just wanted to put you on blast for that. I'm not going to name any of the songs because it's a family show right now. But as you continue on this journey and you're starting to build, let's talk a little bit about the past of what you were a part of. I'm not going to name the company, right? But you were, in my mind, a part of something that was could have been really special and that's actually how most of us green roomers met. Can you just give me an idea of how you were able to come come into that form of employment? How did you start down that path?
1: Yeah, so um, just, I will get to that. Um, I just wanna say one thing, I love that. I love when people think I'm just like really sweet and like, you know, just like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I love surprising people, I love coming out with, like, you know, like, these, like, curveballs, like, they don't know, like, what's going on, like, something's unexpected, like, I just, I love that, and that's something that is, like, exists in my art, it exists in my personality, I'm constantly, like, you know, what am I going to do next with, like, the way I look, like, how can I, um, just, like, be, um, a different, like, expectation I don't know like I really enjoy um that experience myself like I love meeting people and finding out things about them that I didn't think um were true or that I didn't expect um and I and I love doing that to other people um I it happens a lot um because of uh I don't know why right but I would assume that it's because of the way I look because of my voice um because of uh I am like shy when you first get to know me so I do get underestimated a lot especially in the workplace however because of that um with the work that I do and with um the things that I say I try to be confrontational and I try to like just you know get to the point and I'm very like one track minded like I I will work as hard as it takes to like get to the next spot um and uh So when I got out of college, um, I had a degree in cinema and I had a minor in technical theater and design. So I knew how to design sets and I did that throughout college. Um, And I also was a scenic painter, so I would paint like big backdrops for theaters and stuff like that. And I had all this like crafty, like hands-on design experience. Uh, filmmaking is not something you can expect to do <laughs> right out of college there's no like you know filmmaking factory that you can just go and like interview at so that's not something that um I was expecting to do or, or really wanted to do right away. Um, but I did want to be a designer of some sort. Like I had, I have an eye for design. I have a natural talent and I just wanted to do that. Um, unfortunately, especially in San Francisco, that's not lucrative at all. Like it, I could not pay my bills. I struggled so much, um, for the few years after college, um, because it just was not working out for me. So, um, I did have, this like uh, back pocket skill of editing video. And I uh, one of my roommates was working at this fin- FinTech company um, and uh, they got me an interview uh, for an internship. And so I got the internship and at first I was just like editing video for ads. Um, which is like really boring and not cool at all. And then just worked my way up. Eventually um, I had more of a say in creative decisions. And then that company laid off the entire creative team, except for me. And for that whole year, I like, I mean, I was just like working so hard to fill all the gaps that um, were left from all of the people they laid off. Um, but it gave me like an insane amount of experience, um, and knowledge and just like, you know, great like things on paper, um, for my career. So eventually I left that place and that's how I landed at Spoon. Um, and I will say this, every job I've had, I lie about the salary that I used to make so that they pay me <laughs> a lot more. Um, and I lie about a lot. I lie about experience and like everything, cause I know I can do it, but like, you know on paper and my i'm not gonna wait 10 years to get what i know i can do now and unfortunately there's a lot of like ageism and like well you haven't paid your dues yet so like blah blah, blah. but you just lie to get around that and that's how i landed at spoon and now i'm at a new company
0: <laughs> it's it's funny because all right so let, let's address the ageism thing so uh- and this is where, listen, This is this your toxic Uncle Steve relic from the past speaking right now? A part of me has always fought against that, but has always accepted it too, right? I've been in a few positions where I've been the youngest person at that in that role and amongst a bunch of people who've worked at the company longer than me. And I get it. The only thing I don't tolerate is, is them speaking down to me. I'm willing to pay my dues, but does pay my dues mean that you get to be, you know, some frat boy stuff? I didn't go... I didn't join a fraternity for a reason. Right. I'm not that guy. I don't, there's no part of the structure that says I got to put up with your shit. Right. I got to respect you as my, you know, my superior at the, in the workplace, my supervisor, I got to throw all the respect on that name as possible, but you don't get to be a jackass to me long before someone made up a term called toxic. I was like, you're not, you don't get to speak to me in that way. We either do it professionally or we don't do it at all. And I'll just keep it professional on my side, but you come in the spoon, right? And now let me just give you my perspective on Spoon. Like I told Mantis and other people have told me they've asked me, I thought it was a cult. Like when he told me he was going to a place that was an audio only app, I'm like, this sounds like a cult. It sounds like the beginning of, of a cult. And this is usually how cults form. And then I got started on there and I really started to enjoy it. It was an amazing experience. I will not lie to you. Like there was something very special happening there. What were your initial impressions of the community on Spoon?
1: so my perspective is like completely different um because i wasn't like for me i wasn't joining like a community on spoon i was joining like a team behind the scenes right so um i always felt like an outsider in terms of the community like it's it's like I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't sound as fucked up as what I'm thinking, but it's like, I was like observing, like, you know, an aquarium, like an ecosystem happening (laughs) and I'm just an observer. (laughs) And I'm just like, uh, over here with my clipboard, like, you know, listening into what people are saying and, and keeping up with some of the drama and just kind of like seeing how we can, um, best capitalize on that. I mean, that's the job of a marketer, you know? Um, That being said, I I would use Spoon even when I was clocked out, and, like, I did have this kind of, like, uh, dual thing going on where there's, like, the version of me that's, like, the marketer, and I have numbers that I need to um, meet, and I have, you know um goals that have been set for me that i need to meet in order to you know stay hired and get my paycheck and and move my way up Um, but then there's also this side of me that genuinely consumes the content and like genuinely interacts with these people and you know i would like give people my own money sometimes for spoons and i would like it would end up feeling like I was working like really long days but I was just like having fun on the app so um that was always like uncomfortable for me to a certain point because I wished that I could just I wanted to stream I wanted to like hang out with everybody but I couldn't because there was this you know I it was unprofessional to allow myself to like be too close to anybody and it just was not right um however because of that as well and because I did feel this emotional Um, connection to like the community and I genuinely liked the content and I felt like it was special and I could see how people were benefiting from this like audio only space Um, it really helped influence a lot of my work in a great way and a lot of the content a lot of the ads that I was making were um, you know emotional ads and were like things that um, I felt like people were genuinely experiencing in the app and that's like the kind of people that um, we would want to bring in you know people that wanted friends people that wanted connection people that wanted to to find an alternative place where they could fit in Um, and I don't think I would have had that perspective if I didn't spend so much time on the app.
0: It's funny because the way you're describing it is the way it used to be for me when I was a counselor at uh, the substance abuse, uh, this treatment center. Like I wanted, these were some great guys, right? They amazing people. And I would sit down and have conversations with them, smoke cigarettes with them. And I'm like, man, I love talking to you people. Unfortunately, you're going to have to go back inside now. I have to rein you in a little bit. But it's like we get to see a little bit behind the curtain here because when you were employed by Spoon, and you're watching this community develop and you're watching the content. Was there ever part, ever a time when you were at Spoon, you were just like, wow, this is going to take off if we do this, this, and this versus this is going to crash and burn if we don't do this and this.
1: Mm, not, not, um, not like that. Not like if we do this, we're going to take off. And if we do this, we're going to crash and burn, um, because there's a lot that um well one you know my brain can only process so much information and i don't have the full context of you know the business um because it's also like the fact that the majority of the businesses in korea it's so disconnected from the u.s team so there was a lot of context that i didn't have that i just couldn't even i don't have the experience and like numbers brain to to process um And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, like, there was not a moment where I was, like, if we do this, it's, we're, you know, we're going to the moon, like, that that would make me, um, that wouldn't be ignorant of me to do, because I don't have the experience to, like, be able to see the bigger picture like that. However, um, from the experience I do have, there are definitely things that weren't being done that are just kind of, like, basic, um, you know, at other places I've worked and keeping in contact with friends who work at other startups. The fact that our product team was not in the US. So anytime that anything needed to be changed in the app, it had to be done by Korea. And therefore, like, we had no say in it. And usually when a company is young, when an app is young, the marketing growth team, and the product development team—they have to be like besties because we're learning what people, uh, what what's like calling people in. We're learning like quickly what what it is that people want and what's like calling their attention. And so, if we can go back, feed that information to our product team, and they can make changes in the product that you know welcome everybody in with a soft hug and um, build off of those like things that are like getting people excited then you know that's how you have like a great product but that that relationship was not there and it wasn't fast it was so freaking slow and everything like there just wasn't that trust of like you know that that we could be part of that development process like it just was completely disconnected so I think that um it, it, it felt like i couldn't see those opportunities to say like what if we try this this could really make a difference um because that wasn't even an option for us really the only thing that we could do is uh control the way that we talk out to the world we had no control over the rest of that so once people come in then what happens like you know who knows
0: <laughs> it's funny because uh for anyway, I should have added some context to the spoon is a, an audio only platform. And, uh, it was, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was an amazing platform. I enjoyed the idea. I know that there, you know, you have your clubhouses and now you have your green room. The one thing that I know for a fact that a uh, spoon was unique in was in its layout, it's use its UI. And, uh, ever since I got an iPhone 13 pro max, it's been a much more, it, uh, it was a better experience for me, but there was something else that was really unique about spoon was the fact that if you were a choice streamer, a partner streamer, streamer, or someone that had an original show, you were immediately inducted into a Discord, where in the history of platforms, there has not been anything like this. I have seen people kicked off of Twitch and not have anyone to talk to. People get kicked, shadow banned off of YouTube, Facebook, and they have no one to plead their case to. What made Spoon unique was, and I just wish I would have took more, uh better advantage of it, was we had almost unlimited access to the American team and could have dialogues. I remember when I was trying to pitch my show to uh, Olsa, I was so nervous. I had sent her a private message. I'm like, hello, my name is Steve, and this is my show. And if you feel free, please get back to me anytime possible. <laughs> but it was like that it was encouraged. And that was something that people wanted. Uh, that's what was needed. And that's what people wanted to do. Let me ask you about your thoughts on other audio-only platforms. What do you think, and I want a real answer from you, Public, what do you think audio-only needs to do to be able to take off and compete in a, an already saturated market?
1: Um, sorry, I'm looking at the comments and Osa says, the Discord was scary. <laughs> it was. People were brutal. I was constantly like, damn, like, people were mean um but hey like it i it was one of those things that you just can't take personally as well because like you just can't like i don't know um but whatever anyway um what do i think well i've you know looked at different apps um and i mean i feel like green room has a lot of potential but they're not I don't think that they're on a growth track, you know, I don't think that they're interested in growing this. I think this was just like a test and I'm not sure like what's going on if like, you know, eventually they're going to ramp it up and they're going to start spending money on, um, on growing the app. But, um, it doesn't seem like it it does seem a little dead so that's what worries me about green room um i've been on um what's that other one i think it's Stationhead. Um, station, station. head <laughs> i've tried several um they usually feel really chaotic they feel um just weird and like empty it's it's hard to say because i don't know what's going on behind the scenes if i knew what was going on behind the scenes then i would have more ideas um but yeah green room only ever has like five rooms um what i think about the bigger apps like twitter has spaces um i know you can live stream on facebook um i think instagram you can't live stream but you can have like a room with a bunch of people and talk What I think is different about those is, and this is just like personal opinion. I don't know if this actually has any like effect on um, how marketable something is, but the fact that you can come onto a new platform and kind of create a new vibe and community, I think that's something that you just can't do on these like bigger apps. Like there's, unless you already have a following forget about it, you know? Like it's gonna take a long time to like get people interested enough to like choose you over like the abundance of content available. Um, So I think like it's like Twitter spaces, something like that is cool and it has, I mean, they have enough money to just make it work, but for creators and even for listeners, like the amount of content is overwhelming that it just feels like I'd rather go to YouTube and watch something I'm familiar with, you know, I'd rather go to when I had Spoon, I'd rather go to Spoon and just like, jump into something I'm familiar with, um, because it's smaller. And there's like, you know, either if it's a big app, I'm just going to watch stuff I'm familiar with. And if it's smaller, at least I know, like, what's going on, you know, I feel part of it. um it's really hard for content creators to do anything on these bigger platforms i feel like (laughs) you know without like a lot of dedication a long time like you could you could be way more popular on spoon way faster than you could you know on something like youtube or or you know
0: yeah that that is an absolute fact i remember the first time i hit 20 what was it, like 28 people in my room? And I was like, I have ascended into fame. <laughs> we'll quit my job tomorrow. Obviously, I wasn't like that. But, you know, it's it's a shame, too, because when you look at it, you have people jumping into the audio-only platform. And I've always taken the the approach where it was something that had died and come back, where people really enjoyed radio once upon a time. Obviously, you still have big platforms like The Breakfast Club and Hot 97, but that's not the way it used to be. I grew up in an era where people would literally tune in to hot 97 listen to the music listen to the dj or the radio personality and you were like this was the most amazing thing and that was the vibe i was trying to bring back to spoon and that's the vibe that i think audio only needs you know that's where they should be headed towards but that's just my humble opinion screw all that let's get back to public public let me ask you a few more final questions. I know a lot of people thought this was going to be a Christian versus a non-binary person type of conversation, but I didn't set you up for that. So if you came here for scandal, you came to the wrong place. Conversations that matters is about the person I'm speaking to, and I do want to talk to you in regards to about just some questions because I felt like I put DaVinci on the hot seat a little bit. I put El Guapo on the hot seat a little bit. Now I got it. It's your turn. So here's the first hot seat question. What would you What is your expectation when you hear someone say, I should not have to be compelled to use a certain type of speech to make someone feel comfortable? Hold on. Hold on. Let me unmute you. And...
1: All right. I got a lot of opinions about this. So, um, if somebody says that to me, that's fine. That's their, like, right. I'm not going to... I don't want people to go to jail for not using my pronouns. That's totally fine. Don't use my pronouns. Like, I don't give a shit. But we're not going to be friends, you know? Because I feel that you don't uh, respect me enough to take me seriously. And if you can't respect me enough to take me seriously, then that's just it. Like, that's... We're going to not be that close. And it's not like an aggressive, like, well, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to be your friend. It's just like there's no common ground there so there's just not gonna be a friendship and that's okay and i'm you know i'm i'm okay with that i hope that they're okay with it um i do think that (sighs) i hate the narrative that people feel like well you can't say that nowadays says who right like who is like covering your mouth um, or, like, fining you for not using somebody's pronouns, like, if you, if you don't want to use they, them to refer to somebody, please, like, do what, what you feel is right, but then don't be upset when people don't want to include you in something, or when they don't want to be close to you because they feel disrespected, like, I think that, you know, everybody's allowed to, um, act, the way that they want especially verbally but if if you're going around like you know saying cunt to everybody and then people are like well we don't want to hang out with you cuz you call everybody a cunt well you can't say cunt these days you know like you can't even say cunt it's like well you can <laughs> say it like you can say whatever you want but you you don't like don't be surprised when that person doesn't feel like they want to be close to you anymore i think that's now because of that conversation and that like you know, what's going on, then, like, news outlets and, like, all these, like, bigger entities want to talk about it, and it's just not a thing that can be understood at that level. Like, the way that it works is you meet somebody, you know, they got they-them got they them pronouns, and then you make that decision if you're going to respect them or not. If you're not going to respect them, don't be surprised if they don't want to be close to you. If you are going to respect them, then you can just move on and You know get to know each other and like just not have it be this thing (laughs) you know what i mean it's just not that big of a deal i feel like
0: all right so let me let me pose the next question i mean so you were involved in christian circles right and i assume that when you were going to the baptist church now i won't say everyone was a sold-out christian that is the term that's used when it's like you are an authentic christian or someone that is a, a full believer but let's say you're navigating waters with people who are christians who are like hey You are an image bearer. And I'm sure you've come across Christians like this. You are an image bearer of God, right? You are someone that is deserving of respect. No harm should come to you. You are a person. Is there a medium place where someone could meet you? I heard a theologian say in regards to uh, Caitlyn Jenner, where he said Caitlyn Jenner has changed Caitlyn Jenner's name legally to Caitlyn. And out of respect of that legal decision i am going to refer to caitlin by the name that caitlin has chosen he's like i cannot concede to the pronoun because it would make me concede on my own beliefs and as much as that causes me turmoil it's easier for me to respect the fact that caitlin is a a creation of god and call caitlin by the name that caitlin has chosen is there a medium place that exists where people can do that or do you think how would you what do you think about that give me a sec to unmute you
1: um well i think that's up to me and the person right like um if 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 i'm if for some reason i'm drawn to somebody and like the thing is i have to be like sure, you don't you don't want to use my pronouns. That's like one thing, but another thing is like do I even want to be your friend? Like do I want you in my life? Like why am I hanging out with you, right? Like just in general. Like let's say it's a coworker, right? Cuz it's like a forced relationship. I don't have a way out. I have to get along with this person. Um I mean, I just accept that that's what they want. <laughs> I'm not going to like I'm not going to why would I force somebody to um to, you know, refer to me in a certain way. It's like, it's like if, you know, my name, uh, I'm not gonna say my name, fuck, I was about to say my name. But um, say it. <laughs> my name is, uh, can easily be confused with another name, right? So sometimes, you know, growing up, especially white people, they would always call me by this other version of that name. And it's not my name, but that's what they read when they see it. They can't stop calling me that. like. Am I going to be, like, best friends with them? Probably not, because at the very least, you should get my name right. But if, you know, if they're just not going to respect what I'm asking for, whether it's because they're like, well, I I never say Qs. I just only pronounce, you know, C-H. I never, like, if anybody has a name with a Q, like, I'm just not going to say their name. Like, well okay then weirdo like that's fine like we're just not going to be like that close like we there's obviously some fundamental differences here um and i'm okay with not being like i can be if i'm a coworker. like you know we'll do the work we'll i'll be respectful like i'll respect them but i'm not going to give myself to you in the way that i do the other people in my life who respect me you know even just like acquaintances like that's how i feel about it i don't know does that answer your question <laughs>
0: It does. I mean, here's the thing. It's not, you know, it's not about a right or wrong question. It's about what your view on this, this situation is like. Um, one of the things that has always been uh, very special to me. Uh, so I watched this debate years ago with a, uh, a, P- a Protestant pastor and a, a Muslim imam. And now these are two people, if they're being consistent in their worldviews, they don't agree on much. Right. They agree that there is a God, but they can't even agree in the state of the God. But the one thing that they share is a friendship, right? They share a deep love for each other. And uh, I remember before one of their debates, they uh, they always hand each other like gifts right before they start ripping each other's worldview apart in a very respectful manner. And I remember thinking about that in that moment where it's like neither one of these men is going to concede on this, but they both shared one thing in common. Like, I love this person, right? We do not agree. And I wonder sometimes in a place, in a country where it's supposed to be you know democracy and we all have to live in these finely drawn lines is there a way where we can all exist where it's like i don't agree but i'm not going to let anything bad happen to you right and that's one of the things that i've had conversations with someone personal to me in my own life where it's like i'm not gonna let it ha- i can't i can't let something bad happen because i agree with this person about a religious viewpoint right i can't let that happen do you think that there is room for relationships to build that way? And and this, I'm not asking you to answer for the rest of the world. I'm asking my friend public, right? You don't have to speak for a community or anyone else, but do you think that people can build relationships and still disagree?
1: Yeah, of course. And I know you said you don't want me to answer it for everybody. I'm not going to answer it for everybody, but like the thing is like, you know, my mom does not use my pronouns and my mom will always see me as her daughter. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, I'm not going to cut my mom out of my life for that. Um, they like, there's the relationship there is like so deep and so entrenched. Like there's nothing that she could do. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that she could do that would make me not protect her from anything bad happening to her. And I think vice versa. I think that no matter what I throw at her, even if she thinks I'm, you know, crazy for it, or if she can't understand it, um, she's always going to love me, no matter what. Um, and the like, the thing is, like, a lot of queer people and trans people and gay people, people that are other um, in their families, have to deal with that all the time. So they do find common ground. They do, um, you know, exist, coexist without necessarily having that full understanding i will say though uh there is only a certain level of depth that i can reach with a person who does not um see what i'm putting out there you know what i mean
0: We're gonna we're gonna get your sound system public and I have been texting back and forth on Discord public had questions about uh, <laughs> they had questions about audio systems and we're gonna we're gonna hook public <laughs> but no i see what you're saying and I think it, it goes for the reversal too and I think that's one thing where uh, you know if someone was to ask me about like the Protestant mainline view as Christians and I've met a lot of strange people who claim to be christians and then i've met some people who are really beautifully loving people and they have that they've expressed that exact same sentiment where where it's like man i i would love to go deeper in this relationship with this person but they have these strong views about jesus right they have these views about jesus that make me uncomfortable and i remember sitting there talking to some of them and i'm trying to talk them out of feeling that way i'm like you're a christian you should expect people to treat you this way. Now get back in there, soldier. And like do your duty. But then I had to learn and sit and listen. Like, yeah, man, this person really does like this is hurting. And then I think I got to that place in my faith as well, where it was like, man, like uh, I make no secret. of it. I used to uh, go to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Right. And I loved that community, loved it for many years and then built a huge resentment because it was OK for everyone to come up to the pulpit and express their views about a higher power But anytime someone who identified didn't have to be the Christian God just said the word God in a place where everyone's learning to deal with alcoholism, they were met with vitriol or passive aggressive whispers and stares. And I've always asked myself that question. Can we coexist in a way where it's like, yeah, we can reach that depth, but we just have to be honest with each other. You're asking something of me. I'm asking you asking something of you. Where do we go from here? But. We'll move away from that. Thank you for having the courage to answer the questions. A lot of people wouldn't step into that gap. Is there anything you would want to say? One of the last two questions I have for you. Is there anything you would want to say to someone that is a believing person and how they should approach you? Because I think there's a fear in how Christians, like there's a terror, not of the person, but like, I don't want to offend this person. I just want this person to know that, like, you know, I care for them. How would you prefer to be approached?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think even non-Christians, you know, like I think just anybody who isn't, um, who isn't familiar with, with what I am or, or whoever, like it's scary. And I, I feel that way too, like of other people, you know, like, um, identity like um expression you know and and how you see yourself is can be such a fragile thing that you don't want to like be the cause of, of somebody's like you know spiral and you, you don't want to like be wrong and you don't want to offend but here's one thing is like i wish people would stop worrying so much about offending other people um if you offend somebody You need to sit with that and that's okay. Like, it is okay to say things that um, might hurt somebody else, in my opinion. Um, And then you find out that you hurt this person and then you say, hmm, is that something that I would want to carry with me in my next interaction? Do I wanna make this mistake again? Um, How can I express what I wanted to say Because if I, if, if you are, if you don't sit right with the impression that this person got off of what you said, so, so let's say, you know, hypothetical, somebody approaches me and, um, even a friend, this can happen. And, you know, the whole day they're just like, Hey girl, what's up? Yeah. She said this, blah, blah, blah. And like, they just like, don't even think twice about it. Um, I'm not the type of person to be like, excuse me, it's they, them, you know, like, that's just not who I am. So I'll just be like, okay, whatever, like, I guess they forgot, that's fine. Um, And we'll just go on with the day and, you know, eventually we might have a conversation about it. And they're going to see that I feel hurt by the fact that, um, you know, it just like slipped their mind and they're still thinking of me in this way that um, I've expressed is not, who I am and this is who I am and they didn't recognize it. And yes, there's hurt in me because I care about what they think. And I I thought that we were both, you know, here and we're actually here. And so there's just like this, like uncomfortableness that happens. But I think that the other person needs to be okay with that. And they need to, they need to if they really care about you, if they really want to develop this relationship that they have, then they will think about like what happened they will think about if that's the way that they want to continue carrying themselves towards this person in a different interaction and then you might adjust the way that you approach this again if it happens again that's how I try to do it um I have a lot of friends who you know have come out at different times in their life I have friends who have changed pronouns and then changed back like it happens like people are always evolving and um, discovering new things about themselves. And I want the people close to me to feel seen by me. I want them to feel supported by me. I want them to feel like I respect them. I want them to feel like no matter what kind of, you know, evolution they go through, obviously if they do something terrible, that's like not what I'm talking about here. We're talking about gender and and stuff like that. I want them to feel like I'm there with them. So sometimes when some of those transitions happen, things get a little strange and I'm not quite sure where we are. So I just sit them down and I say, hey, I care about you. I really want to understand this. Like, can we talk about it? Are you ready to talk about it? And I ask questions that um, even if they're (laughs) not tactful, You know the intention is that i want to get to know them rather than challenge them and i think that people can sense that you know i i definitely like right now you're not really challenging me but you do want to understand me and you do want to say well you know what like what about this because i'm having like cognitive dissonance about this thing so tell me like how like how does that make sense to you And so then that person can explain themselves. And I just think that there's like, there's empathy there and there's softness and there's like, you know, room to be vulnerable that um, if you open that up and you're okay with being wrong and you're okay with um, hurting somebody because you can be better, then you're not so afraid to, to make those mistakes. And if that person gets super offended and they hate you, you know, well, like, maybe your friendship wasn't that strong to begin with, and, and they have some stuff they need to deal with, and that's okay, and you need to let them, you know, go and, like, um, grow some thicker skin, and, and do what they need to do, but, um, yeah, I just, I just think you got to, like, approach it with empathy and honesty, and be okay with being wrong, and be okay with, with hurting people's feelings. There's, like it's gonna happen and everyone's so afraid of offending now it's like don't be afraid of offending just fucking do it and then like grow from it you know like you're not gonna always say the right thing you're not gonna always um you know rub everybody the right way um but if if you're willing to reflect on it then what what can really go wrong
0: you know what that's There it is, folks, you know, (laughs) there it is. I do want to I usually don't do this, but I'm going to give you one Q&A and then we're going to wrap because at 10 o'clock we're celebrating on Request Box Live. One of our very own. It's his birthday. It's Dave's birthday. He said he's going to be dropping his cash app tonight. And, you know, it's a tradition on Request Box Live that we always come together for someone's birthday. But I want to acknowledge a question in the chat on Green Room from D that says I have a question. Do we have to ask everyone for their pronouns or only people we know? Okay, so
1: this is a really good question. Um, and I love thinking about stuff like this um, because uh, we we didn't really get into, like, the nitty gritty of, like, what I think about gender and stuff. And I might, I want to do, like, um, eventually I want to have, like, a space in my content world to talk about that stuff um, and to answer, like, people's, like, questions because i know it's tricky and like it's it's not um it's not a black and white thing so when something's not black and white it's like really hard to approach it and like you know (coughs) so um in an ideal world in my opinion (laughs) we don't have like you know everybody the default is they them because to me, I think gender is a social construct, and I think that, you know, you can say what you want about sex and biology, like, that is true, we are humans, we need to reproduce, but the way that gender is, has been expressed through generations, and, like, you know, the entire, like, era of the human existence, and different subcultures, and different, um, countries, and, like, you know, like I said, all the people I've met that are just, like, jumbled up, like, expressions of gender. Like, it to me, it's impossible to have any system that's going to work where you never get somebody's gender wrong. Um, because that's just not possible. Like, you can't... Gender is not something that you can look at somebody and just know, you know? That being said, we exist in a society where most people feel comfortable, safe, and confident expressing two one of two genders usually the gender that has been assigned to them based on their sex right because of that it i do think that um there are you know the, the people who are gender queer or gender nonconforming or trans people are a minority in our society um i think that if we didn't have like these existing structures that more people would be much more comfortable with like a non-binary identity or just not really thinking about gender and not really like putting themselves in these boxes um but the fact of the matter is that 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 is how today's day and age is we have men we have women and we have people who who don't fit into those boxes so i think that the safe thing to do is follow your gut and if something in your gut is like hmm Like, this person is a little, a little different, just use they, them. Like, there's nothing, the the same way that if I was talking about, like, oh, the other day I went to the store, and the clerk helped me, and they got me this, you know, like, I might say that, and I'm just, like, not thinking about their gender, I'm not making them non-binary, but I'm just, like, not really, like, their gender is irrelevant, so I'm not going to use it, right? Anyone would do that, and just, like, speaking in a sentence, so... I think if you're unsure, just default to they them and when you get the chance, you can ask them or you can say, "Hey, like my pronouns are this. What's your name whatever?" Like, I think there's some some tactful ways of doing it, but really like the only safe bet is to just ask, <laughs> which takes a lot of guts, I think, and I get that, but um it shouldn't be such a big deal. I don't think.
0: Anyone else got a quick question? And then, with that, public. I know you were nervous. Did you have fun, though? Did you have fun, public? public.
1: I I did have fun. Um, yeah, I was nervous. I still feel like... I look back, and I'm like, I don't know what I said. You know? Like, I don't remember anything I said. So, I still feel nervous, and I feel like I always have this... Um, this fear that I'm not, like, communicating what I feel in the best way and that um, I'm just not, uh, I'm not, like, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm i am always doubtful of, like, um, of, like, some of the things that I say not matching how how it feels in my head, but I feel good. I feel like this was a safe space. It was fun, and I would do it again, and I think that, um uh you're a great host and i've said that to you before
0: (laughs) don't worry your public exposed video will be out and then for you know uh for all my uh for people that are catching up you're catching this on the replay if you're asking why it wasn't more combative or why there wasn't more debate because i believe in the conversation and that's just not what the show is this is a show for you to refer to public it's not a monolith i want you to just listen consume interact with the points that public has made. And then, you know, hit me in the chat. And if you say anything wild, I will block your ass. But I'll be more than willing to have a conversation with anyone uh, in regards to how I pick and what my process is. Public, I got to tell you, honestly, I really do appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate everything that you've been doing in Green Room. The support that you show people, I hope, doesn't go unnoticed because it's genuine. And I really do appreciate that. And to answer your question, yes, I had the Cash App up pinned in the YouTube chat this entire time. And public will be rejoining me for a panel uh the second installment of you talk so white slash you act so white but this time from a latino perspective it's going to be a great conversation Uh, i got two other panelists that are going to be coming on and that's going to be streamed and i'll get them to date and i just want to say thank you everyone in the green room chat for coming through uh hannah laney gray winthrop angel age osa Sean D love Kathy and Carmen. I appreciate you all have a good evening for those who aren't coming back for request box live. And for those of you that be back at 10, I'll see you in a little bit. Peace. Good night, YouTube. Good night, Facebook. Good night, Twitch. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Uh, If you want public's information, feel free to hit me on any of those platforms and I'll provide that to you. Follow public friend wait let me let public do that, do that more more. uh
1: yeah just follow me on green room i guess find me on green room as public friend i stream tuesdays and thursdays at 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern
0: Good <laughs> everyone.
1: peace